I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. In every episode, we start off with the week in review, what movies and TV shows we've been watching since the last episode. Move on to the main event, which is a main topic of discussion or a main review. And then finish up with film faves, our respective list of our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. In this episode, our main event will be a review of... Mortal Kombat! That's right, the latest adaptation of the long-running hit video game series Mortal Kombat... And we will not be having a film fave segment this time. We did. It was suggested by my son to to do like maybe a fighting championship list. Or, and I considered that. And then I looked at the fighting championship theatrically released movies that exist. And there really weren't that many. And so I figured, okay, well, let's let's give a nod to it real quick and say, like, what our favorites are. Uh, just kind of name them. I came up with, like, ten total that I even like out of the 17 I came across. My five favorites are, I would say, 1995's Mortal Kombat, Spartacus by Stanley Kubrick, the original Rocky film, the Karate Kid, and Creed from 2015. Jana, looking at this list of, of uh, fighting competition movies, uh, do you see any favorites you have? I think it's basically the Creed movies, then maybe Rocky 3? Did we watch 3? Oh, or was it three. 2? We watched 1, and 2, I'm and 3. Out. Okay. It's either 2 or 3, and then Mortal Kombat, and that's it for me. So Rocky 2 was the rematch with Apollo Creed. Rocky 3... Oh, I think I like that. ...was yeah. the one with Mr. T. No. So it was Rocky 2. Gotcha. Very good. So, yeah, there you go. There's our film favorite segment right there. Our favorite fighting competition movies there's like enjoy a couple <laughs> <laughs> so but let's let's move on to the week in review we have a handful of things to talk about here i'm going to start because while i have had no time to really watch a variety of things um i have been chipping away at disney through the years project with the 60s live action movies unfortunately I got two weeks behind. I was hoping that the latest piece would be out and published well before this episode would be recorded, but that didn't happen. So I feel like any sort of lead time I had created being like ahead of schedule was completely gone. <laughs> I still have two more movies to watch from the 70s of live action movies. And uh, sorry, 60s, not 70s, 60s live action movies. And I hope to get to the 70s by the end of the month and have that published for the animated movies. Fingers crossed. But uh, as such, we were hoping, A, to knock out like two or three Oscar movies that we hadn't seen yet. This is on date of recording. This is the day before the Oscars. Didn't get to see, do that. And, um, 
I, we were also hoping to watch like every Mortal Kombat media that was created. More on that in a little bit here. We did get to, starting off our week in review, watch one movie that was nominated for uh, for Oscars. That is Pieces of a Woman, which stars Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf, basically about a couple that is dealing with, in one way or another, a tragedy that occurs. Shanna, uh, you were the one that was like most excited about seeing this movie. You could not wait until I was ready to watch this film. I did not know much about what this movie was about. I didn't even know that Shia LaBeouf was in it. I just knew that it had a powerful performance by Vanessa Kirby. Uh, Broadly speaking, what did you think of Pieces of a Woman? I had seen a clip of this video from Netflix instead of the trailer. And the performance and the subject matter of that was so engaging and made me really stop in my tracks and think about what I was listening to and it was very exciting in a way even though you know it's a film about a tragedy it was very exciting in a way because they were talking about something I never thought to ask about and I don't know if I can even mention that but it it pushed me to go and ask my mother about her experience and hearing what that was like really gave me an extra level of respect and appreciation to my mother. And I kind of felt bad because why haven't I asked about this before? And the performance, so not only does it spark something within your own life, the performances are really great. The camera work is awesome. The first part of the film is really eye-opening to an experience or two and I liked seeing Shia LaBeouf in this way and I liked how the film ended I thought that that was very poignant and I think that we need more movies like this yes please yeah so I thought this film was okay so I, I think the acting is strong in the film and I think it what it did get nominated for it might have gotten nominated for a screenplay or a couple technical things but i think it got nominated for best actress vanessa kirby she's great in it and i agree with you about shia labeouf i think he's actually underrated when people are talking about this movie i don't hear i didn't hear any dialogue about shia labeouf in this film and i think he's he's fantastic here and i wish he got a little more attention for his performance here vanessa kirby of course uh, you know i i was aware of her from mission impossible fallout a couple years back about three years back now i'm not familiar with anything else with her and so to see her do a dramatic performance she's you know really showing what she's got and so she's great I also think that this film does a good job depicting a relationship dissolving after an event. And that seems to be like a main, the main thrust of the film is like depicting this relationship and how 
they're dealing with this event event on their own without like seeking any professional help, no therapy or anything. And how it kind of, it actually illustrates to me how you can't, you literally cannot cope with uh, such an event on your own and expect things to get to a healthy place. I, I did have a lot of issues with the movie though. I was very disappointed. I mean, this is the kind of movie that like, uses smoking as a crutch to to depict misery like oh we're miserable people now so now we start now we smoke ellen Burstein, yeah she's great in this film however there is an element that she adds about halfway or so through the film that i really felt was just like unnecessary the movie was depicting something that was naturally dissolving on its own and this extra element by Burstein's character just was added this extra layer that wasn't necessary and was problematic and then there's a courtroom scene and so there's these elements in the film that's just like ah you know you were operating on such a higher level during the first 45 minutes to an hour and then you do these other things and it just really started chipping away at my engagement in the film little by little. So I don't. I think the script is one of the weakest things about the film because of the different things that it adds in it. And it leaves an overall picture that, you know, just the good just barely outweighs the bad. You know? So I give the film a 6 out of 10. Any other thoughts you have? I think I give this film a 7. Was that... I know what you're talking about that you had an issue with. At the same time, I'm kind of okay with it because I've had more time to think about it. And I think that's how that family member was dealing with the tragedy. She was just like, let's get rid that's that's just... That was her way of dealing with the tragedy, was to kind of make mm. a clean slate, mm. you know? Mm. So okay. that's that's what I think that was. And, and she she has her own issues going on too. Yeah, everybody's got issues, that's for sure, in this film. So that's, <laughs> Plenty to go around. Yeah, that's Pieces of a Woman. Uh, the one out of like two or three Oscar-nominated Academy Award-nominated movies I wanted to catch up with and actually did. Next, we caught up with a film that's on the other end of the spectrum of Pieces of a Woman. It came out actually this year. It's called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, starring... And written by Kristen Wiig and Annie Mamolo. It also stars Jamie Dornan and any other cast members I'm forgetting about. The guy from Fifty Shades. Yeah, Jamie Dornan. Oh, I don't even know his name, so there we go. Yeah, and then a couple other random people pop up that I think is best left to surprise. Shanna, this movie was supposed to come out last year. They were starting to show the trailers in the theaters before the pandemic happened. And all we knew was that it was about this vanilla-tempered couple of gal pals. That's all we knew. There's a whole lot more to this movie, and I feel like the marketing of this film was so brilliant in keeping you from knowing more about it. But you find out within the first two minutes of this movie or so, it's a very, di very different movie than what you might expect. Without getting into details, 
What are your thoughts on Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? Was this a surprise for you or a disappointment? This was wonderful. I saw this at Target. It's only 18 bucks for the Blu-ray. And I was like, we should just buy it. Only. And you were like, no, no, we should watch it first. And I was like, we should just buy it. But I'm on embargo because birthday coming up. So I am looking forward to owning that. I think it was hilarious. I think it was so fun. I only wish that it had happened in the theaters and it was a girl's, you know, girl's night out movie. Much like what happened with Birds of Prey, you and I saw it and then I took the girls to it and was like, we've got to go and watch this because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie too. I think it was very unique and it's really just a fun ride. You go on the ride and you have fun, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's all there is to it. There's nothing serious about it. There's nothing um, There's nothing even tying to our reality. It's so right. not our reality. You right. know? Actually, there is one or two things tying to reality, but it's it's so... It's so not even real, you know, but I love it. I love how playful this movie is. I love all the characters. I think it's great. I think their ending was so My Little Pony, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, this movie is operating on its own wavelength. It's just on its whole other level, and you do have to just get on its wavelength and, and go along with it, and if you can't, it, you know, you just – you're not going to enjoy it whatsoever, but this movie made me want to go to a water park or to a water somewhere. Okay. But we can't go to Florida or wherever the fuck it is. Right. It was Florida. Yeah. You know, um, we're going to great wolf lodge instead. (laughs) That's the closest thing we've got to it. And I love the color palette too. And the decor. Right. Yeah. Uh, far cry from Vista Del Mar, but and Jamie Dornan, I just I just want to give a shout out to Jamie Dornan, someone who I realized I'm not terribly familiar with his work outside of the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, which was god awful. Uh, he is hilarious. He's got a great sense of humor. He knows how to play along, and he's fantastic. I would love to see him in more comedic roles uh, for after this for sure. So, uh, any other thoughts you have on Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? I highly recommend it. And if you see it for practically cheap, so under 20 bucks at Target, just go ahead and buy it. If you're a Kristen Wiig fan, just go go buy it. It's so much fun. I give it an 8. Remember when practically cheap was like $10? Yeah, well, it's not Black Friday. Okay, so it's cheap for not Black Friday. I guess. Uh, yeah, I probably give the film a seven out of 10. Uh, it is a fun ride next. A couple TV shows. We mentioned in a previous episode that we started watching Falcon and the winter soldier kind of gave an idea of our first impression of it based on the first episode. We, that, that series finished this past week and we caught up and finished it. So to back up a little bit, uh, Marvel had announced, years ago that I was going to do these limited series next after Endgame, and essentially it's ostensibly like each of these things are helping us bridge to whatever phase four is going to be and it's movies right they're supposed to lead into each of the movies with the exception of Black Widow which is 
quasi-prequel. And Falcon and Winter Soldier is definitely that. It follows Falcon and Winter Soldier from the MCU as they come across a sort of a terrorist plot that they must deal with, but also kind of accept who they are uh, now and deal with their roles in society and as superheroes post Endgame. Shanna, what are some thoughts that you had on Falcon and Winter Soldier? Was it satisfying? I mean, this is a completely different limited series from WandaVision. So let's not even necessarily compare. You don't want me to compare. Well, that's just madness. I think they're completely different animals, right? It's like apples and oranges, what they're trying to do. I Mm. mean, the only similarity they have whatsoever is that they are both trying to bridge to the next thing. I I don't. Yeah, sure. That's one of them. But another thing that you're not thinking about is that it's each of these heroes finding their identity, finding their strength in who they are now. You know, Wanda without Vision and Falcon and Winter Soldier without Cap. Okay, well, so well played. there's yeah. that. Very good, yeah, that's true. Yes, and... So uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, the, on this series. At first, I really didn't like this show. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was happy to see more Marvel. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong, but I was also like, well, but what else do you have for me? And I think my favorite episodes were the last three and mm-hmm. i don't know if i go back and watch it again am i going to have a better appreciation for it i think i might so i want to go back and watch it again and see if i'm right in my little intuitive okay review and see from there but i i, I really loved the last three episodes yeah so i can't I can't say that I like one show more than another necessarily. I mean, I, I probably do, but like, I'm not even going to try and compare this uh, to WandaVision because they're just completely different. This is a, a good transitional series, but what is impressive about this series is it really wrestles with issues that I have to applaud it for even acknowledging and taking moments to consider and think about. Namely, is it as simple for Sam Wilson, the Falcon, to just pick up the shield and take on the mantle of Captain America? Is it as simple as that for a black man in the United States today? And this series acknowledges that it is not that simple. And really takes into consideration and has Sam really think about what that means. Is that something that's appropriate? Is that something that he wants? Is it something he can be? I think that's really great stuff. In addition, you have a little bit of stuff from Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, dealing with his past, who he is. You have a villain from... uh, previous movie returning as a main character in this series one of the best villains of the entire mcu 
which I, I greatly appreciated and enjoyed. And you have an, another villain who's not necessarily as well-known or as appreciated coming back from a previous MCU movie. And I'm kind of, I, I was left like, okay, I appreciate the continuity, but I'm also like, who the hell was chomping at the bit for this particular character to come back? That character definitely you will not see after this series. And there's a couple other surprises of, of other people that come into it. People from the past and new people that I won't spoil. I had one of them spoiled for me last week, I think it was. And I will not do that to you. But it does seem like part of this is leading into the Nick Fury limited series Secret Invasion. When does that happen? I think 2022, but I'm not positive. Mm. Yeah, some of this is I don't know what 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 other things are we seeing being led into? Oh, Captain America four just got announced this week, so it's definitely going to lead into that. Uh, what is that going to look like? Uh, won't spoil who that's going to involve. There's a couple I'm pretty of excited things. about that. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I didn't know that that was coming. Yeah, it seems like an an, an kind of a natural thing um that's that was likely to happen but so yeah anyway this is a transitional series and as such it works fine it's main story of the terrorists do try to wrestle with other questions about like why people are doing what they do when they're considered terrorists and what what sort of international events bring about these groups and their motivations and so that's kind of impressive too so yeah, I'm fairly content. This is not a bad series. The action was impressive. The entire series was directed by one director uh, who has done a lot of TV work over the past 20 years. Very obviously a capable director. She did a great job. I can't recall her name off the top of my head. She's not someone I'm terribly familiar with. But I recommend if you haven't caught up with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you have an iota of interest in the MCU that you do, check it out. Is there anything else you want to say about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, love? The director of the show is Carrie Skokland. Thank you for that. So that is that. And lastly, let's do an update on the Arrowverse. Okay, so we finished season three of Arrow, season one of The Flash, going through the Arrowverse in a chronological back and forth release order that we found online that we have found to be very helpful and enriching to the experience and exactly what I wanted. Shanna, the Arrow's... Season three is dealing with it introduces Rachel Ghoul and it continues the story of the League of Assassins. And the Flash season one is pretty much introducing the Flash and its characters, and you know, he has a villain of the week sort of thing, and with a overall story arc for the season. Why don't you share first, since this was the first one and we're kind of continuing the journey here, what did you think of Arrow season three? Oh, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Arrow. Maybe I love every fifth to eighth episode. So it's a little, you know. That's not many in a 22-episode season. Oh, God, I can't wait to be done with Arrow. (laughs) That's a long road. road. Oh, my God. Okay. 
maybe I'll like I'll like the next season. I don't know. But this season, there were times where I was really annoyed with the character Raz Al Ghul because I was like, there is nothing Raz about you. You know, in you're, what, in you're what more sense? like Razzle Dazzle wannabe Raz in his costume. You know, so I don't. That really... makes him sound quite fabulous and and Vegas showy. <laughs> He's Elton John. I don't <laughs> think that's quite oh accurate. Oh my gosh. But like comparatively, right? We all know Roz is like this really tough, no nonsense, going to annihilate this, that, and the next thing kind of guy. And I didn't get that from this one until maybe the last episode. And like, that's a long way to go. Having to deal with Roz a whole season. And I only feel like, oh, that's there he is, you know, in the mm. last episode. That's a mm. bit long. And then there's Oliver, and then there's Felicity, and then there's new characters. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just like, if we could stop doing flashbacks, I think I'll be happy. Okay. Yeah. If we could start living in the present now, that'd be great. Here's the thing about the flashbacks in season three of Arrow. They do eventually become relevant to the present day. Of, of of that story eventually but it does feel like there is a lot of fat here and we're we're stretching things out quite a bit so i i hear you about that as far as Rachel ghoul like there is a there's an episode halfway through the season where arrow fights Rachel ghoul and that episode is like okay yeah this is race he's uh, a really strong fighter. He's merciless. He's a leader of an organization, and you believe that he'd be a leader of this organization. But then it soft pedals for like several episodes and makes him more merciful and, and softer and, until maybe the last episode. And it's, it's, it's a little like, ugh. I found that in season three, there is a lot more melodrama in terms of how many of the supporting characters respond to situations. Man, like I see Felicity jump between Arrow and Flash. And I love Felicity no matter what. But when I see her in Flash, I'm like, you're so much happier here. Mm. See, just stay here. (laughs) Well, even Laurel Lance. Yeah, I was like, I actually liked her Mm -hmm. in the Flash episode. Mm -hmm. I was like, you should just stay in the Flash world. You, know? you just want the women to smile more. Is that, is that what you're saying? Oh my God, I will end you. <laughs> I want them to stop being so goddamn over the top is what I actually want. Uh, it's true. And Felicity, who is, I, I absolutely adore and have a huge crush on and everything, she's great. Mm-hmm. But in season three, my God, she reacts so melodramatically to every development. And after a while, it's like, girl, calm down. Take a beat, mm. you know? So it, it, it is a little more challenging. I still like Arrow, but it's very clear, like, Flash is, a, is, a, is, is a, quite the counterpoint. And when you have season one of The Flash and you have, you're, you're bouncing between that and Arrow as a comparison, it's like, oh, man, when can we get to the next Flash episode, right? Mm. So let's talk about The Flash season one. What were your thoughts on that? I absolutely loved it. I just loved it. There was only one or two moments, moments, not episodes, not full episodes, where I was like, ah, 
that's mm. a little that's that's a little too dramatic for me, you mm. know. But mostly it was just this fun ride. Look, I'm not saying that you can't play different, like you can't don't have a drama, don't have a comedy. I'm just like maybe just don't make a drama all the time, 24/7. Well, it's how you deal with it, right? Like how you execute the drama. You know, you could have people be fraught and, and, over, and melodramatic, or you can kind of rein it in a little bit, you know. And, and so I'm with you there. The Flash is definitely a much more fun series than the Arrow is. I feel like with Arrow, they're trying to make Arrow Batman, especially with this Rachel Ghoul storyline. They're essentially like Batmaning Arrow. If you're at all familiar with the Rachel Ghoul stories in Batman comics. Apparently, you have to be like from money if you want right. to be Batman. Right. Well, <laughs> so he's brooding. Like, That's boring. He's brooding and he's being set up to. I don't know. He's being sucked into Rachel Ghoul's world, let's say, in in a couple different ways, much like how it works in Batman. And so that, but it's brooding is the thing. Flash is the opposite of that, right? It has yeah. it has light color. Uh, uh, has has more lighting, <laughs> and you know, bright color Things palettes. Are colorful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like that Flash had a. You could see they clearly had a goal mm-hmm. of where they wanted the season to go, and they hit it. And it was very exciting because, honestly, it doesn't feel like they were slowing down. It doesn't feel like they had dead space. They just kind of kept going. For the most part, I agree with you. The whole Firestorm story arc, A, I feel like that's where like the weakest link comes in because Danielle Panabaker's character is probably the th- the one element I like the least because she's so hand-reeny. She's so like uptight. Um, she sometimes is a little melodramatic. It's like all this stuff about her fiance. Uh, Firestorm is a very contrived, convoluted character from what I understand to begin with. They did what they could trying to adapt that character, but even so, it's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> and I think, is it safe to say that that story kind of comes to a resolution at the end of season one? I mean, from as far as we can tell, I also love the rogues gallery in Flash. Yes, I was, I was getting so to that. Yes. super excited about it, and I don't even know Flash that well. Right, I only know about the Flash animation movie where he goes back in time and tries to change something. Flashpoint paradox. So I just mm-hmm. like I'm a fan. I just don't know everything, and I really enjoyed the rogues gallery. Yes, that's one thing. Every single episode, they would say a name, and I'd be like on Google <laughs> looking this character up, and be like, "Oh, this is what it is. Oh, this is what they can do." What they do with D and C level villain characters in this is so fun. But you also get some of his main villains, Captain Cold, eventually Gorilla so Grodd. So great, and I think it's hilarious that Captain Cold, Captain Cold's brother. And then Clockman. The Clock King? Yeah. Are all from Prison Break. Um, I think it's hilarious, you know. Is, and then I started wondering who else is going to come from Prison Break? I can't the remember show. the character's name, but is the fire guy supposed to be Captain Cold's brother? Yeah. Oh, okay. I missed, yeah, I think I, so. I forgot that. Okay. 
Yeah, oh, and, and um, then he has yeah. a sister for sure. Yeah, who has like gold, not gold, bronze gold powers, gold. Yeah. and she's called like the bronze skater or something. I don't know. Whatever. It um, it, it, it was a weird name, but yeah, um, so much more fun, so much more exciting. The overall story arc with who killed Barry's mom. While sometimes it's like, okay, we get it. Like you want to. You know, you you really miss your mom. The overall like cause and effect and what led to that that is very well threaded and plotted through the entire season, and it just gets more and more exciting as the season goes on to its resolution. And just like, oh my god, it's so good. And I gotta say, Tom Cavanaugh, who plays Professor Harrison, Doctor Harrison Wells, he is so good in this series. that's the thing the cast is i'm pretty happy with the cast i'm also happy with who plays joe west jesse l martin oh he's great he's yeah. so amazing yes and the guy who plays cisco as well carlos valdez is so fun so cool uh but yeah i wanted to give a shout out to harrison wells uh played by tom cavanaugh i knew him from a series called ed 20 years ago 20 years ago like he was like a total nice guy in that and here he's playing so many different shades and he's really really good so anyway big fans of the flash season one literally couldn't wait to start season two did start season two right away so grateful that we don't have to wait for you know to watch it for a few more seasons right so uh, looking forward to this next phase, I will say, of the Arrowverse, where we will be juggling, eventually, Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. And we will keep you posted on how that goes. Probably kind of check in and see what we thought of the first episode of Supergirl and what we thought about the first episode of Legends of Tomorrow in future episodes. Did you have another thought? No, I don't think so. I'm also excited about what comes next. And I believe the next Flash season is airing on the 4th of may oh you mean like in terms of tv yeah like it's oh TV well we're way there's no way we're going to catch up by then i'm just letting people know if they're a fan okay gotcha <laughs> gotcha i think that's supposed to be the last season of the flash i think supergirl is also ending and arrow is ended so we're just catching up to these shows as they're ending basically we're you know it's we're, we're behind so anyway, that's our thoughts on the Arrowverse. Let us know if you're fans and and uh, your excitement and thoughts about us catching up with it. And that about does it for the weekend review. Now it's time for the main event, which is our review of Mortal Kombat. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target has superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking, 
I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kung Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them. fucking beauty all right that's from the trailer to mortal Kombat. typically when we review a movie we like to focus first on the good what worked for us in a movie what we liked then move on to the bad what were its flaws what didn't work about a movie what maybe even made a movie shit weigh whether or not the good outweighs the bad and then move on to spoilers and final thoughts first though in regards to this franchise i thought it would be a good idea if we first talked a little bit about our familiarity with the franchise and a couple things that we have watched so sure first of all shanna this is based on a video game right it's been around for like i don't know 30 years almost this video game series yeah i think it was 1993 or 92 when the first one came out you gave me a surprise look uh tell us a little bit shanna first about your familiarity with the video games okay so i'm totally gonna overtake the mic here for just a moment uh we got a sega machine when i was maybe seven or eight the sega genesis yeah and that you know, my favorite game was Mortal Kombat and my brother would always lose and freak out and go running to mom, screaming, Shanna's cheating. How the fuck was I cheating, Jared? How? That's right. I'm name calling. Because what resulted then was we were not allowed to play Mortal Kombat at our house mm. and we were not allowed to play Mortal Kombat at anyone else's house. Because Shanna was too good. Let's just let's just say it for what it is. <laughs> so I have a huge love for Mortal Kombat. I think it just it really, you know, lets out that primal side of my mine in a safe way. Mm. But apparently not for my brother's emotional well being. <laughs> I'm really gonna lay in here. <laughs> well, so. how many of the games have you played? I've, you know, I would play the Sega Genesis until it got taken away. And then it was only recently that I realized my mother has no rule over me. 
and I can as an adult as an adult living in another country two oceans away from each other and like, being 30 something yeah almost 34 I can play whatever the fuck I want <laughs> so um we played on the weekend last weekend what was that one uh was it Mortal Kombat Deception uh it must be yeah okay and so I'm a huge fan and I'm very happy that I had no idea that Mortal Kombat had a movie coming out. And so when we were in the movie theater, I was watching the trailer and I thought, oh, we're just getting a trailer for the new Marvel movie. No, 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 Shanna. It's Mortal Kombat just for you. Just for you. No one else. (laughs) And so I like and it looked damn good. So I was freaking out. All right, so and be- super excited about it. Before we move on into the other media, so you you played the first game and the, uh, the PS2 game, Mortal Kombat Deception. Uh, you were not allowed to really dive too much into the video games growing up. No, because one day my brother got a PlayStation 1 and I wasn't allowed to play with it. Okay. So Fair <laughs> enough. Total denial. Okay. Uh, favorite characters from the video game when you did get to play the games? I loved Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Mm-hmm. I loved them. Mm-hmm. Even though I wanted to be a girl character because I was, a, I was a girl. I was like eight. I wanted them most of the time. And I also loved Sonya Blade. So those were probably my favorites. How about you? Okay, so I played the original game on PC. What? It started on PC? I don't know if it's. I mean, it was on PC. I but think it was guys, a multi. You guys were PC people, right? Yeah, I, I think it was on multiple platforms. It was one of those things, and so I started in like high school playing the original one on PC, and I. It was a great way to just kind of release release my teenageness, basically, whatever emotions I was feeling. And my favorites from that, I would play as Kano a lot. But oh, I always, really? Yes. Yes. I had figured out how to do his roly-poly move pretty regularly. And I also liked Sonya Blade a lot. I basically liked all the characters, really. Uh, Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero and Kano were probably the ones I, I loved the most uh, back then. And Sonya Blade. Johnny Cage was pretty. Uh, was there anyone? Raiden. I was really good. I basically liked every yeah, single one I of the original ones, right? Maybe, maybe Luke Kane I liked the least. I'm trying to remember Scorpion. Maybe I liked the least. So those were my favorites. And then since then, yeah, I have this, uh, the Mortal Kombat Deception PS2 game. Um, and I have the PS3 game, but I haven't touched that in so long. I don't even remember what it's like. Yeah, basically those are my favorites, like Raiden especially and Sonya Blade and Kano as as characters. I really like the most. I wasn't necessarily really great at getting all the different moves down, all the different buttons and everything, the coordination that's needed. But um, I got some of them down and there was a lot of fun. Now, Mortal Kombat has had movies, cartoons, and in a web series what have you, until recently, what had you seen of Mortal Kombat outside the video game? I had just seen the movie. The so 1995 from movie? Yeah, we actually got to go to the theater. We got big bowl of popcorn. 
This is obviously before my mother decided to totally erase Mortal Kombat from my life. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you would have been, by the way... Eight. Eight, yeah. Yeah. So I guess a bit young, but hey, <laughs> you know? I mean, it wasn't that The movie brutal. was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think anybody could have gone and watched the movie, from what I remember. I don't think anybody should go see this one, though. Do you remember that movie very well? Did, were you a big fan of it? I remember being excited and okay. hoping that there would be more, but we weren't exposed to more after that. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so you didn't see the sequel. You didn't see the cartoon series. Is that correct? Yeah. And when I found out that there was a cartoon series, I was like, can we watch this now? I want mm-hmm. to watch this now. And did you? <laughs> no, because you weren't ready to. Oh, it was like very But recent. I'm probably going to watch it without you because yeah, I'm excited. That's fine. If you can find it on a subscription service, by all means. Um, well, there's one on HBO. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. okay. There was a, a recent Scorpion animated movie that came out that yeah. I haven't seen. So uh, I I think I may or may not have seen Mortal Kombat in the theater. It was definitely a VHS that was watched a lot with my friends and I in high school. Uh, absolutely loved it. It, got, it was just this mix of getting elements of the video game right and not and and kind of just like adapting and doing what it could with it and um for the longest time it was the best video game movie out there a very low bar granted but it was right until more recent years you know there was few that could be considered as decent movies more recently like sonic the hedgehog 2017's Tomb Raider. I think there's maybe one or two others. But this was a huge step forward from Super Mario Brothers a couple years before and Double Dragon and, you know, whatever else had come out. And so I watched the second one, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which I was really looking forward to, in the theater. My friends and I... Oh, yeah. And my wow. friends and I, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the hell out of it. After like the first five, ten minutes of that movie, we were like, oh boy, this is what we've been waiting for. And we just laughed and talked oh, throughout the movie, like making Look jokes. You guys are the worst. Thankfully, I think there were less than ten people in that screening, but I do feel sorry for anybody. I feel like there's a father-daughter duo that was back behind us by like ten rows, and I kind of feel bad for them. But it was just such a laughably bad movie. Oh, you weren't laughing because things were great and satisfying. Oh, God, no. Oh, Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Oh, sad. Oh, no, that was a terrible movie. Cut to more recently, there was a short film that was created. I I can't remember the director. I thought it was someone that I knew. It wasn't someone I knew. But I um, heard an interview with Jerry Ryan at one point who talked about this thing, and she did this thing as a favor to a uh, friend who wanted to basically do this pitch to Warner Brothers, I think it was Warner Brothers, uh, for a Mortal Kombat movie that was more grounded in reality. You know, take go to the opposite end of the the spectrum from the 1995 movie and do something more grounded. And it was amazing vision of what Mortal Kombat could be. The Warner Brothers said no, but you could go online, create your own little web series, and do whatever it is you want as long as you get approval from the creators of the video game. Video game creators were like, not a fan of this grounding in reality idea whatsoever. Do what you want, 
However, you have to include some of the fantastical mythological elements from the video games. So what we got was Mortal Kombat Legacy, which we watched recently, and it has this mix of grounded in reality and fantastical elements. It's like in total, maybe like two and a half hours long if you were to watch all of them. Shannon, what were your thoughts on Mortal Kombat Legacy watching that? So it's been a while since we have watched Mortal Kombat Legacy, but I did enjoy learning more about all the characters and more about the world that exists and actually gaining an understanding of why does Mortal Kombat exist? What is Mortal Kombat? Well, it's a tournament from different realms. And I didn't realize that until I started watching that. So that was pretty cool. I think at age eight, there's only so much you can interpret. Okay. And you hadn't seen that original film more recently to, to remember that? No, I haven't gone back and revisited. Gotcha. Mortal Kombat Legacy is somewhat of a mixed bag, but there's a lot of, lot of great stuff in it. I see it now in hindsight as a great stepping stone to this new movie. Maybe it kind of made this movie possible. Absolutely. I do think that it has this sort of groundwork element to it. So, Shanna, with all that said, it sounds like you really like the 95 movie, even though you didn't get to, you haven't seen it in like 20 years. And you kind of. My mother still has a hold on me sometimes. (laughs) You kind of appreciated Mortal Kombat Legacy. What did you think? What, What was good about this? Mortal Kombat. I absolutely loved how this Mortal Kombat was beautifully brutal. Like there was no holding back. There was blood everywhere. There there was sound effects to the blood, <laughs> much like the video game. Mm. Uh, you know, probably better. And just the presence of blood everywhere, no matter how hard someone got hit or hurt. <laughs> Was was pretty cool in the first, you know, few minutes of the film. Mm. Because that sets the tone, right? They're not holding back. This isn't for the eight-year-old girl that's mm. a video game fan. Right, yeah. And I really liked that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to kind of sanitize themselves, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. So that was really great. Um, blood, yay. violence yes please and yeah so the violence was great the fighting was amazing uh and i love the characters that they chose it somehow really seemed to work Mm. obviously we're very familiar with uh jack sonia blade and raiden uh, raiden uh, and scorpion and sub-zero i wasn't very familiar with the others but they did look familiar to me like i didn't know them but they looked familiar okay Let's actually talk about that for a second because there were at least three characters in this film that I didn't know, including the main character, Cole Yun. Were you were you familiar with Cole Yun? I mean, it sounds familiar, but I might be getting him mixed up with three ninjas. Those weird, <laughs> those that this. You know about the children? Yeah, the children. Because <laughs> one of the children was Cole, so I might be getting. Com- I'm just trying to be honest That's here, hilarious. man. I'm just trying That's to be honest. Yeah, no, I didn't remember him. And then there's a guy who has a big hammer, 
I didn't. I wasn't familiar yeah. with him. There is someone who has dragon wings, uh, not the big like a spy. She, no, I'm sorry, a hunter, huntress. Right, and I don't want to confuse the listeners. There is a big overlord with dragon wings in the video games, right? But this is a different character. This is a woman who has dragon wings. Who's not? Who's like you know normal human size? Wasn't familiar with her. But I think pretty much everyone else I was familiar with from the games that I have played. Was was that about right for you? Or were there a lot of others that you weren't familiar with? I didn't know about Kano. And oh. yeah, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, because he's in the first game. I mean, maybe you had to unlock him. and I didn't have an opportunity to unlock anything because of my brother. I don't so- know, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm just looking at the cast right now. Right. Who was the Who is the character that has the really cool hat system? Oh, that's Kun Lao. Oh yeah, yeah. I was familiar with him, um, mm-hmm. and I think everyone else I sort of had an an mm-hmm. idea of. Yeah, Melina, you're familiar yeah. with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else good about the movie that you wanted to speak to? I mean, for a first movie. Mm-hmm. With so many different characters, it was pretty well tapestried together. Mm. We've seen so many movies from Marvel of what to do and what not to do when weaving characters together. I was pretty impressed with how Mortal Kombat kind of got that right, mm-hmm. you know, in their first try. Yeah. You know, in this era. Yeah. So I would say one of the main things about this movie that it, it, it does well is it sidesteps most of the cheese of the 90s movies. And yes, like, okay, so the knee-jerk home, like more, as you would say, primal reaction is, yeah, I got the violence and the blood and the gore. <laughs> ah, that's so great. But... It also had other elements to it that I think really worked well. I think the whole Sonya Kano thing worked was done very well in yeah. this. I think Cole Young, for being a character I didn't know or having an affinity for him and his his family, that worked pretty well. I enjoyed that part, and I knew that that was going to factor into his journey. And, you know, there's apparently a whole lore having to do with, like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat Legacy definitely dove into that. Yeah, we got to play with that a little bit. Yeah, that's translated here and in, in, in some ways that that worked. But it's these kinds of things that are that, su- that surprisingly work. What's also interesting is we don't even get to the tournament in this movie. I, I hope that's not even considered a spoiler, but the whole plot is actually about gathering the fighters and... For the tournament. For the tournament. And um, Shane Sun and uh, the Outworlders trying to kill the fighters in Earthworld before they can get to the tournament. That's the whole movie. So, I don't know. Like, I, I like that it takes its time and doesn't try rushing to the tournament in that sense. And yeah. saves the tournament for Maybe a sequel, right? Yeah. Kind of like what Mortal Kombat Legacy was trying to do. Season, mm. quote unquote, season three of that web series was going to be the tournament. And then it just didn't transpire. Yeah. It yeah. didn't come into existence. But it took its time trying to gather and introduce and let you know who all these characters are that are going to participate. This movie kind of does a something similar. And it, it works for me. The characters are realized 
really well. Yes, even though this is somewhat a short film and this film doesn't stop moving, there's not a lot of quiet moments and that's okay because, you know, when we're not with one character, we're with another. And when we're not mm-hmm. with one pair, we're with another pair. So it's really great how quickly everything moves. You're absolutely right about that because even when I thought there was a moment of, of a pause where I could quickly <laughs> run to the bathroom, I come back and they're like fighting. And I'm like, my God, yeah, I was, was gone so for wrong. like a minute or two. <laughs> Literally, what I, happened? I miss needs to tinkle a lot, even decided <laughs> to dehydrate just a little bit so that I wouldn't miss anything today. Well, and that worked for you apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is, there, is, is there anything else good that you want to speak to broadly about this movie before we go into the bad? I think they did a phenomenal job and I can't wait for the next one. Or six. However many they got planned. Because if it's going to be the same way how this one unfolded, I want all of them. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Great. Yeah, what, what was bad about this movie? Um, I don't know. Like, If you're not a fan of the games, this isn't for you, right? I can't imagine yeah. this necessarily being for anyone who's never even heard of Mortal Kombat and... And really, why are like, they going to this? Getting it, what right? What do they think they're gonna get? Well, what I'm trying to say is, this isn't a movie that tries to transcend its IP, right? It's it's you serving the know. IP, yeah, right. And you could tell who in the audience was familiar with the game and who wasn't. I mean, we had one uh, set of people behind us where the girl was cheering just as much as I was. Oh, really? And yeah, I was and you like, were yeah, too. I'm I'm friends with you. That's awesome. <laughs> like. That's you were great. definitely one of the most vocal people in the theater, that's for sure. Sonia deserved shouting and praising by name. Okay, <laughs> so I gave it to her. Very yes. good. Um, I, I think you're right. Like, the first few minutes, we get to see the Scorpion and Sub-Zero legacy. And I wonder what it's like for someone who knows nothing. Like, do they appreciate that? Because you you move away from it very quickly. Like, they tell you it. And then we move on. Yeah. And so there's no other backstories that are happening. That's the only backstory we get. Yeah, really. for the most part. I mean, you, the movie does follow Cole Young for the most part. And, like, he's our entry point really kind of into this thing. And, and then, like, the characters that he comes across along the way before, like, getting to their destination and stuff. So, like, he kind of is a character that you have some time with before things start going down. But, yeah, I don't honestly have a lot to criticize. I mean, this is, I'm actually kind of surprised. This definitely raises the bar again on the video game movie. This is not what I would call a great movie. This is not going to be in my top 10 of the year kind of thing. Oh, it's not because it's totally going to make it into mine. (laughs) Oh, it's one of the best movies of the year, you Uh, think? For me? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like favorites? Well, favorite, that's what I was going to say. It might make my favorites of the year. It might. That's so rude. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) But definitely not like, I'm, I'm just saying it's not high art here, right? But it definitely manages to do what you hope a Mortal Kombat movie will do. With that, Shanna, why don't we weigh the good versus the bad and get into any sort of spoiler talk so we can kind of geek out and get into a little more detail about some things. This film has respect for its fans, and that I give it a 9. Oh, wow. Whoa. Okay, that's high, high praise. 9 out of 10. Maybe it's also because I've been taken away from Mortal Kombat for too long. <laughs> I don't 
don't know. No, really, but, seriously, this is such a great film if you are a fan of Mortal Kombat. Mm. I, it's so great. I, I'm i going to be a little more tempered. I'm going to say it's a 7 out of 10. Wow. Fun movie. Not so a generous. great movie. It's a fun movie. Very generous. Movie. If you're a fan of the video games, I'm not sure how you can be really that disappointed because there's a lot of good things that it does in terms of translating the characters and not not being cheesy, not being lame, not being bad. I mean, gosh, I feel like we watched something recently where like the characterization and the plot was just so like, bleh, you know. I will say. I said it has respect for the fans. There are things that they're doing here that happen in the video games, but somehow they land beautifully. They're not cringe cheese worthy, you know? Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla oh. versus Kong had worse plot than this movie. Yeah, I thought this this movie is like 10 times better than Godzilla versus Kong. I would say at least twice as good. Okay, You're great. very generous. You're clearly I'm a fan. very pumped. You're clearly a fan. So pumped on a So we both right recommend now. it. Do you think people should sit on their butts at home and, and use their remote to watch this or go pay for the ticket at the theater? I think what you have to think about is like, do you want this movie to do well? Yes, I do. Go pay for it. Oh, and very good. Now, don't get me wrong. I've paid for it. I've watched it in the cinema. I'm going to go watch it on HBO now later. So it's, I'm really excited. That's a very good point and a good angle. If you want to support this movie, go see it in the theater. If you want, And then then watch it as many and times as you want. stream it as much as you want. At home you know? and on HBO Max. It is part of that whole HBO Max 2021 thing where they're putting all of the theatrical releases on the Hobo Max. But we recommend... You financially support it actively by going to the theater uh, if you have a theater that's open near you. All right, so uh, those are our thoughts on the Mortal Kombat film. Let's move on to spoilers and final thoughts. If you haven't seen the film, well, I guess uh, skip ahead to the uh, end where we talk about next uh, the next episode or what you can expect from the movie lovers because here we're going to get into details about Mortal Kombat Shanna, I want to. My mind is going through. Is there any sort of like Mortal Kombat pun I can make right now? And I was no, just thinking about, about it too. Yeah, no, there isn't that I can think of. I'm not that clever. But why don't you talk to us about I what sort of thing in spoilers that mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about for Mortal Kombat? We had just the right amount of growth and achievement for each of our characters that we were following. Mm. It was so exciting. Mm. I also love that Scorpion had a child that was hidden away. I felt bad for the other child because I was like, why didn't you hide away both children? But maybe there had to be a child. So, yeah. I mean, Uh, because what would probably happen if you were to take a step back and actually think about that is Sub-Zero would be searching the place. Yeah, I guess... And then he'd find the he baby. Because he was like, I have to finish the bloodline. Yeah. And so they, he probably knew there was a child and he had to kill a child. Yeah. So And the possibilities of knowing that there was a maybe a four-month-old baby or a three-month-old baby were pretty slim. Especially given in the 1600s. When it was, yeah, yeah, given when it was taken. I did appreciate that we had 
Japanese being spoken and Chinese being spoken and it being pointed out for us so that we would be able to pick up that, hey, there's a rivalry here between a Japanese clan and a Chinese clan. I was wondering what you thought about that because I've seen movies where characters are talking in two different foreign languages and they don't spell it out for you. You kind of like trust you to eventually kind of catch on to that. Did you like that it put in captions for you what language each character was speaking? Look, I grew up in South Africa. There's 11 official languages. Sometimes you can tell the difference between Kosa and Zulu, but most of the time you can't. Mm. You need other factors to point out that you need big visual cues to point out that there's a difference here between the two languages well and that's with a a, a the, the cultured south african <laughs> uh, you take a look if, if you if you're, we're talking about an american yeah, if, audience well and if you're familiar like i didn't look i'm not saying that i'm totally cultured like i didn't grow up being able to speak kwaza and being able to dabble in zulu i just know that from growing up like there's a difference Right, so, but that com- that country has 11 official languages. Yeah. So I mention this because I want someone to tell me so that I'm not going to be an ignorant fool. Mm. I want you to tell me, hey, we're transitioning. This is someone speaking in Chinese. You've probably forgotten already. Here's someone speaking in Japanese. And because you've probably forgotten already, just a reminder when this person's speaking again, this is Chinese, just so you know. Because you don't know if the Chinese-speaking person is trying to speak Japanese to the Japanese-speaking person because at one point, Sub-Zero does speak Chinese. Thank you for saying that. So it's so important that they put that in there, and I really appreciate it. Like, is it a little bit more to read? Wow, one word. I'm so, like, Yeah. it's not a big deal. It's really more a matter of trust in the in faith in the audience how smart is this audience uh really and honestly we're talking about an american audience where sadly there are people who don't know the difference among the different asian cultures so uh, let alone their languages so well and i'm guilty of that too i don't know i my ear can't tell the difference quite yet my brother could probably tell the difference because of what he watches yeah so I'm glad that they did that. I'm also glad that they took the time to give us, you know, what was it, like maybe 10 minutes of his, his Sub-Zero Scorpion rivalry. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was nice that our entry point was Scorpion's bloodline mm-hmm. um, and how he was an orphan and, you know. Has, Cole, Cole Young. Yeah, Cole. Yeah. And then our third appearance was Raiden. So, mm. you know, and then we transitioned to present time and that was right. nice. yeah. Because it also establishes how old this tournament is, yeah, which right. I appreciate. Sure. I love that we got realistic. I mean, we were pretty much realistic the whole time. until As much as you can be. Yeah, until one. Sub-Zero and Scorpion went on their sort of afterlife. I, Sub-Zero was an afterlife, but he, he sure as fuck has immortality or something now. Yeah. I mean, not immortality, but some sort of extended... I mean, he's a part of Outworld. Uh, at some he... point, it's never explained. Okay. But at some point, he he becomes part of Outworld. It's like he's recruited, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. he becomes Sub-Zero at some point. It never yeah. explains it, which I don't need it to. I really don't need it to. But, it, you know, you, you come to an understanding that at some point, this character is no longer grounded in Earth. And he's he's part of Shun, Shane Sun's army. Mm. So Outworld was very minimal. We weren't there for very long, mm-hmm. and I liked it. And mm-hmm. basically, they were probably at a mining location of some kind. So it looked 
sort of barren. It looked kind of, well, we're definitely in some other place. Very gray or black. Yeah, desaturated. So that was great. We weren't there for very long, and I'm glad we weren't because you could tell the budget was kind of not Mm. high for that section of the film. That's a good point. The budget of this film actually is $55 million. Well, good for them. I'm pretty sure most of the budget went into (laughs) the special effects and the soul-sucking and the robot arms and all of that. Right, because here's the interesting thing about this movie. Not a single line of cast and crew did I recognize. Not a single person. This is Scorpion was a little familiar. Uh, I, okay, fair enough. Yes, I am familiar with Hayuki Sonata. I have no idea what I know him from, but he's like the only cast person. Who's he's re- from Wolverine. Um, oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one who's rem- and Sunshine, remotely from- and Westworld. Any others? <laughs> And lost. Okay. Okay, I'm done now. Okay. He's the only one I'm remotely familiar with whatsoever. No (laughs) one else in the cast. Certainly not the writer. Certainly not the the director. I I didn't know anybody here. And apparently it's mostly an Australian and Canadian production, which is interesting. So Mm. you're right. That definitely kept the budget down, allowed for, and there's like really like, well, after a certain point, there's really like maybe two sets in the whole damn thing. Um, and so that really kept the budget low so they could actually three. put the effects yeah. into it. It but, was very yeah. smartly done because, yeah. you know, we're at the we're at the boxing gym and we're there for Cole. And then we go back for I think we go back there for Jax. Well, we go. No, I'm sorry. We're somewhere else for Jax. Jax was at the cage match. And no, I mean, Jack's losing his arms happens somewhere else. And yeah. then we come back to the gym for the Scorpion Sub-Zero call showdown. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's very, very smart how they jumped and got the most out of their sets. Yeah. I absolutely loved Sonya. I couldn't be happier with Sonya. I loved that her character was this person who didn't have the birthmark uh the the mark for the tournament but she was still there i think she wanted to be part of the tournament yeah and and was willing to prove herself but at the same time she was also there to support jacks and anyone else that needed to get there because she had the bigger picture in mind in my opinion and i just feel like we could there's there's going to be feminist articles geek articles out there about sonia for sure uh and if there isn't Within the next week, I'm going to do it. Because here's what I loved. Like, at first, I was like, God damn it, she doesn't have a thing. Okay, but that's a cool strength. Because here she is showing up, and she doesn't even have the mark. And she's totally committed. But then her transformation happens. She eventually gets what she wants because of someone who is crude, disgusting, racist, horrible, man Kano. she takes him down and she gets her reward and her mm. power is amazing so i really love that let's talk for a second there first of all that is the one thing that i forgot to mention earlier uh, the whole sonia kano thing totally predictable knew that she was going to kill kano at some point Oh, and I then, wasn't sure what her opportunity would be. I totally knew that's where they were going, especially when they established this whole thing with this this um, mark of the, the Mortal Kombat pit. symbol. 
uh, that she has she doesn't have it right yeah that device at first when i saw it in the trailer i was like that's supposed to be a birth mic that's so ridiculous but in the context of the film I thought it was actually done pretty well how they, they say it's the mark of, of the chosen and you sometimes earn it once you kill someone who has that mark. You become one of the chosen as well. Hmm. I actually kind of like that. I thought that was an interesting idea. I, I loved it because it was almost, oh, which character, the character that throws fire and has a cool fire dragon eating Luke power. Kane. Luke Kane. So he was really great because it turns out he came from pretty bad circumstances mm. and took control killed this person who you know was a horrible person essentially not worthy of this yeah i think child trafficking or something yeah and he was the one that was worthy and got that mark and has done pretty well for himself in my opinion going back to from what we can tell i mean going back to sonia blade for just a moment i just wanted to recognize that's jessica mcnamee who is an australian actress i'm not terribly familiar with but apparently she did have a supporting role in Battle of the Sexes like three, four years ago. Oh. She's also been in other movies, had parts like Chips and The Vow and and uh, been in some TV shows. But I wanted to give a shout out to her. Was not familiar with her, but yeah, I thought she was pretty awesome in this as well. And I thought her body, you know, I'm always worried about how are the bodies for particular purposes in a movie and I thought hers was really realistic much like how you know I was worried about the Amazons for Wonder Woman but didn't need to be because of where they went to go find women that were realistic for that kind of lifestyle I also wanted to speak to Kano played by Josh Larson he's really awesome in this he's kind of the source of the comic relief but he's done so well. You know, I thought Kano was done really well in the 1995 version, but this guy is even better. The only thing that like a minor uh, quibble is like how he gets his his eye power. I was like, oh, are they gonna like like they do in even Mortal Kombat Legacy? Are they gonna take away his eye and implant like a mechanical eye? in him because he traditionally has like a face plate on half of his plate that's right or yeah. half of his face and has an eye a bionic eye that does it but it becomes some sort of like natural power just so happens to be the eye that was clawed by reptile reptile by the way really well adapted in this so cool and wicked Beautiful visual effect so much better than the 1995 version of reptile which mm. looks like ass now <laughs> if you go back it's just like, oh, this is what uh, a student in visual effects would create right now. Their, their first week. Yeah, in university. It's so <laughs> yeah. bad. In this, it's really cool. And they do his disappearing act and everything. It's really, really, I, I really appreciate it. But but, but Kano, I, I, I just wanted to kind of shout out. Very, very fun character in this film. And Raiden was much more appropriate in this version as opposed to yeah. the, oh, God, what is it? Is he English or is he uh, Welsh or something? It's Christopher Lambert in the 1995. He's, he's so decidedly not, white. Yeah, <laughs> so not appropriate. And he's, or from, you know, Mortal Kombat legend, de- legend. Right, yeah. In the first season. Right, right, yeah. So good job, guys, casting appropriately. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. You never really see him do much outside of his lightning stuff because he doesn't fight. Apparently. Still really cool. Um, at this point, we're just kind of geeking out. Over- Sub-Zero. One of my favorite characters 
really doing a great job with his powers and abilities and uh, really showing how frightening what he can do can be. I mean, like from the snowflake sequence, turning that into hail. Yeah. You know, to hail stabs. Like uh, all sorts like huge of things. chunks of ice. Well, it, it was great yeah. to see all his power, all the examples of his power. Absolutely. I, yeah. did, am I, didn't it, did he for a quick moment do the ice clone thing? Yes. Yes, it happened very fast. Very fast. I yeah. was like, it was like after the fact, I was like, wait, did he just, do, is that what I just saw? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Did I just see that? Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, like they, they did his stuff really cool. The only thing he didn't do, I don't think, was where he shoots an ice ball, which is one of his main things in the video game. No, I, th- I thought he did that. Did he? I could have sworn he did that. Okay, maybe I'm forgetting it because like you definitely if see anything, Luke Kane do maybe, that. It was maybe just too close to the subject and that's why it was okay. different. He does plenty of other things that's really cool and as soon as you see jackson you're like he doesn't have his arms you're like oh well i see where this is going to go with oh my god that was and all the blood that you could see oh my god i was so horrified anyway i love Jax. i i love that he um is apparently uh sonya's sort of a partner mentor oh okay yeah uh i think i think he's higher ranking okay major Okay. Was it major? That's because she I'm wanted really to prove herself to him. Yeah. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. If I mess it up, I'm really sorry. But then she becomes that when he's, you know, feeling down and, and uncomfortable and, and not quite making his arms work for him. I mean, they are piddly widdly to begin with. Like, she's the one that says, you need to man up, essentially. She doesn't say it like that. But yeah. she says, you need to get up off your ass and start working. That is you know? one thing that didn't quite work. I was like, what oh. the fuck just happened? Is when he has to lift up that, that rock. That's when he gets his, his power. His his arms become more buff inexplicably. <laughs> it's like, what just happened? Where is this coming from? No, I'm totally cool with it. In fact, I'm less cool with the laser eye than I am with the arms. Fair enough. I'm like totally supportive of the arms because I was like, oh, there you go. You're protecting your own. Mm-hmm. There's your power. Good job. Fair enough. Uh, very cool to see Kung Lao. Very cool to see so many of these characters. A couple fatalities are in the film quite gory stuff mm. uh you know no holding back of any kind definitely proceed with caution with with your kids it'll really kind of definitely a case by case of whether or not your kid mm. is ready for this sort of thing when watching with it you know speaking mainly with teenagers but uh i certainly wouldn't recommend this to any you know preteen or grade schoolers my goodness no eight-year-olds for this one mom so. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, any, anything yeah. else you want to... The visual effects were great. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they didn't spend too much time on Neverland, but, you know. Outworld? Um, yeah. yeah, Outworld. Area, yeah. <laughs> so it was great. I love that they were fairly practical mm-hmm. with what, what they were doing. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I, I like that they went to Australia. I like that we saw something different from Australia, from such a sort of Hollywood film. Right. And... Uh, the way they ended it too was was great because they left out one of the most popular characters, right? Which one? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about the yes. I was kind of wondering about that if I was like if they were like, oh yeah, we'll just like not have him at all hmm. in this, um, and just kind of ignore him, or or yeah. what? But they're like, okay, well, I gathered all the champions, but. We're going to gather some more and well, you're going to go to Hollywood, you know? Well, I'm okay with going on a hunt for, you know, maybe four more people because you kind of Who would you like that. to see? 
Oh, jeez. I don't know. So much pressure. I guess it might be hard for you if you're not terribly familiar yeah. with. Most of the characters in the game are pretty fantastical. You know, the, I, I'm trying to think, like, who could be Earthbound that they yeah, could I'd... recruit. And most of them are fairly fantastical. You got mm. the ones that aren't. You got Johnny Cage and Stryker and... I don't know, maybe a couple others that I'm not thinking of mm. off the top of my head. But, I mean, like, you got Sindel, you got Katana. I am all for bringing some more women on to kind of even the odds out a little bit. I'm fine with the woman depiction that we did get, but I'd like more, you know. Let's, Fair enough. Let's show appreciation to the girl fans as well. There is, like, a Goro-like female character in the games, yeah. too, that, that they could bring... Uh, Goro, pretty awesome, very intimidating dude. He was kind of the big bad in the 95 movie. In this one, he's someone who joins Shane Sun and And the uh, depiction and the special effects of him were pretty decent. I thought so. It's a tricky thing to... I don't know how it's going to look a decade from now. I hope that it looks fine. Well, I don't know if he is it or if there's other things, but apparently this movie had a mix of of practical effects and visual effects mm. in it. So I don't know if he in any way, like sometimes was a maquette, a puppet or, or what, but, uh, and you know, they used some good um, uh, movie magic with him, but I, he worked for me for sure. And yeah. my God, how he died was gross. <laughs> it was so great though. Yeah. So geeking out so much. But kind of coming back to grounding, like I really loved Cole's journey Mm -hmm. and how it was his armor was developed from his daughter's bracelet to keep him safe. And that was great. I didn't notice that. Oh, Oh, it was so great. That's what it stemmed from. That's cool. And I knew that he, when Raiden said, you should go be with your family, I think he knew like he had to be with his family. He wasn't going to find his power not being with his family. So I suppose that's right. That was really great. His armor was fantastic. It made sense everyone's abilities made sense how they were in the movie. Fair enough. You know, getting pummeled and kind of taking the beating, but then being able to explode it back to them was great. Yeah. It was a really great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I love the whole ancestry, you know, coming to to sort of help. Mm. Uh, That was really great. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for us on Mortal Kombat, hey? Yeah, because I could geek out some more, but I mean, it wouldn't be very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great story. I'm really, really proud of them for doing such a great story. Uh, let us know what you think of Mortal Kombat. Email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Okay, Shannon, before we talk about what people can expect looking forward for the movie lovers in the next coming weeks, share with them where they can find you online. You can find me on Instagram, Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography, or on Flickchart at Spellbinding A. Excellent. Go to the main website, thegibsonreview.com. You'll find all old reviews on there, past episodes of The Movie Lovers, as well as features like Disney through the years. I hope to be able to have two more articles out before the next proper episode of The, Gibson, uh, the Movie Lovers comes out both 60s live action movies and 70s animated movies so keep an eye out for there you can hear about such updates on instagram at the gibson 99 for when those things post and also participate in 
Bracket polls. Actually, speaking of bracket polls, we had a couple of bracket polls recently. I believe it was your favorite versus movie and Scott Pilgrim versus the world one as your favorite versus uh, movie on an Instagram bracket polls. Go to the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Gibson review. Uh, you can follow there. And as Shannon mentioned, flick chart, the Gibson 99. Okay. So upcoming for the movie lovers, we aren't too jazzed about the movie release schedule for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to take a break and what we'll do is to kind of whet your appetite in between is we'll do a short bonus episode what we were doing pre-pandemic is looking ahead and kind of giving seasonal previews of movies that we're looking forward to most each season and we haven't been doing that because the release schedule has been so temperamental and unpredictable and unreliable but we're going to try to bring it back with the summer movie preview tell you what movies we're looking forward to most in uh, june july and august is what it will be so we'll do that and then i think after that we'll do in episode 107 the angelina jolie taylor sheridan film those who wish me dead that will be our main event review. Look for the that episode on May 25th. And then look out for the bonus episode between now and then. If you follow on Instagram, you'll definitely be able to keep a better watch on these episodes when they drop. Or follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. And that will let you know as well. In the meantime, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye. I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm in absolute pain. <laughs> I had a better one, but I could, I'm death warmed up. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just I'm trying to get in a better mood. Good, good. I hope it's working. <laughs> Enjoying yourself there. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're smiling. It must be working. <laughs>